0: Welcome to The Teacher's Podcast, in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host,
1: former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. We all know that looking after your well-being as a teacher is so important. The numbers of teachers leaving the profession due to burnout is honestly startling. So, how do you actually avoid burnout? Well, my guest today, Jenny Mills, is a qualified cognitive behavioural hypnotherapist, and she shares some great tips and ideas for building resilience and avoiding struggling with burnout. So, before stepping into cognitive behavioural hypnotherapy, Jenny worked in primary education. And so she's got experience as a classroom teacher and being a member of SLT, including working as an assistant head. So she knows what it's like to experience the stresses of working in education. There's so much useful information to share here. So let's just get to the chat. Jenny, welcome to the teachers podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So we're going to talk about something that's very difficult to pronounce. We're talking about cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy. I've got it once uh, wrong once already. So oh, fingers crossed I'll, I'll be able to do it. Um, so can you explain then for a teacher who has maybe never heard of it before, what is cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy? So it's based on the
0: techniques of cognitive behavioural therapy where you look at how you're feeling, what you're thinking and what your behaviours are and it's using hypnotherapy to embed those things. So using visualisation and rehearsal to just embed all those positive changes that you want to make and have gone through them in your head before you actually do them. I love the word rehearsal in that. Yeah, it's, it's the main thing. It's like being um, a sports person and rehearsing your race before you do it. If you want success, you need to have envisaged it and practised it and be prepared for it to be successful. So that um, rehearsing is really important.
1: So I find this really interesting then because I know quite a bit about visualisation. I'm really into personal development. Um, and it's something that kind of came into my life really as a business owner rather than a teacher. Um so quick question then because i visualization visualization is something that i still struggle with like how do you ma- maintain focus and like keep making the visualization better because i kind of get a bit bored because i'm like oh i already know this one
0: mm, yes so that's part of getting yourself into a sort of hypnotic state there's no such thing as a trance um in hypnosis it's All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So when you're driving your car, you're probably in self-hypnosis. You've kind of turned off that critical thinking. You're just doing the process. That's hypnosis. That's you just focusing on one thing. Also, when you're reading a really good book or watching a film that you're really into, that's where you are focused. And it's that level of trying to get to a believed-in imagining that helps you with the visualisation.
1: Yeah, it's kind of tricky to, like, enter that i think it requires a lot of practice doesn't it
0: it does and um, it's all about practice and getting it into be part of your life and that's why people like me have jobs because we help people yes. to learn these skills and then be able to use them themselves and generalize them yeah it's, i suppose it's
1: it's not just learning it like once and then being able to do it. it's having to revisit it and improve it and reflect and review and that kind of thing as well
0: it's just like learning anything you know you you expose to it you practice in different situations practice it in different ways you practice the hard bits and then you put it all together and then you've got a routine
1: yeah yeah so how can cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy help teachers then so
0: well-being is so important teachers give so much to their job and their class and their school and they expect so so little um, and often leaders want to help their staff but we've got no resources and <laughs> um, so you've got to take some ownership and empower yourself to be able to cope so cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy can help teachers to cope with challenges and situations that they find tricky that are too much Um, and it it kind of helps with the common (laughs) symptoms of teaching which are you know can't switch off, feeling overwhelmed, not breathing, that Sunday night dread, exhausted that you've got insomnia, it's just it's all of those things can be dealt with with cognitive behavioural hypnotherapy and things like um, bad coping mechanisms you know you're drinking too much you're eating too much sugar to stay awake you just your health is suffering but you can't stop and that's where burnout comes and that's where the cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy looks at your thoughts and feelings and actions and how to just make them better not necessarily cure everything for you but just help you cope better
1: yeah and it's so difficult like when you get in these cycles and, and you don't necessarily know that they are an issue, I suppose, until you can step back from it, like the overeating or the always going to the fridge when you have so-and-so thought. You don't you don't always observe yourself either, do you, until you start be, becoming more self-aware.
0: Yeah. So if you're not feeling great, you need to look and keep a diary almost of what's happening. How is your technique for coping working out for you? If you run... And that's helping you. Great. It's not damaging. It's good for you. That's helping you cope. But if you go and have a glass of wine and you are just automatically doing that and you're not really thinking about it critically, then you're already in a pattern of hypnosis there. Is that helpful to you? Maybe it is. If it's not, then you can change that pattern because you put yourself in that sense of self-hypnosis you can change the script you can move to a different better healthier way of coping
1: yeah so why are you so passionate about helping teachers avoid this burnout and and build resilience then i've been a
0: teacher for 18 years now back in the day (laughs) when we didn't have the internet um yeah i've worked in teaching for a really really long time as a classroom teacher the whole time. been assistant head I've been senior leader a classroom teacher at the moment and I've I've had burnout it's awful it's so so hard to come back from you think you're fine and you can cope you need a certain amount of stress to survive and to be able to deal with your life and situations and be adaptive and all that kind of thing but there comes a point where if you don't have mechanisms for turning that off or coping with it or de-stressing from it you just can't maintain it and the smallest thing will just send you spiraling off going right well that was it that was the last thing I could take and so it's about for me addressing these things with teachers particularly before it gets to that point because that's too late that's when you need to see a doctor that's when you need to see a counsellor and you need to take some serious time to look at your life before that though it's helping teachers to put in coping plans and mechanisms and be their cheerleader and that's really what I'm looking to do because um, I didn't have a cheerleader I was you know senior leader and people were like oh, she's fine she's always been fine yeah she was <laughs> she was but she was just um, kind of functioning on drinking frappuccinos all day long and didn't actually look after herself um, and it's important with that, looking after yourself emotionally and mentally, as well as physically, because you can be doing one of those things or two of those things. But if you're not doing all of them, something will catch up somewhere and leak somewhere into some other part of your life.
1: Yeah, this is it. And and we think we're OK as well until we kind of step back. And I think there's two things that you mentioned there. One, it's important that leaders kind of walk the talk. And, you know, if you're expecting your teams to look after yourselves and you have to do it yourself but also obviously I'm a leader as well and um, i and the leader of a lot of ex-teachers so it's it is a difficult position to be in and until you're there you don't realize all the perceptions that are probably not real um that are had of a leader for example oh well it's all right for her or they've got it all sorted because they always look really together, but maybe that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, Um, and
0: that kind of being paid, you know, you're at the top of the pay grade, great. So you deserve all that stress. Yeah, but there's only so much a human can deal with.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's that understanding as well. So, I mean, you mentioned that you're in school now. If if you're a SLT listening to this now... You know, there's a lot of talk about well-being and, and this box ticking. What what should they really be doing, sort of in your opinion, um, that maybe we're not understanding as a profession?
0: It's sort of two-pronged, really. I think you have to look at your own school and the compassion that you have for your staff. Um, you know, if you're offering them a well-being day, how are you doing that? Is it on your terms? Does it actually help and suit them? If you're looking at workload, is it in consultation? And communication the biggest thing, isn't it, with um, that kind of thing. And the box ticking you're talking about, that's why it's really important not to get someone like me in just for one session. <laughs> it needs to be um, part of your wellbeing strategy. So when I work with schools, I'll go in and do an initial thing just to get a sense of whether the teachers want it. And then if they do, we'll make a plan for specific schools and their needs. So either for early career teachers or middle leaders or the heads themselves and their little cohorts um, and work on the different things that are problems for that school. So it's not a generic, right, we've done well-being. No, you always have to be doing well-being and spread it through the year and make people accountable for themselves as well. So, you know, I taught you this, you wanted to learn it, you said you'd go away and do it. Did you? show me how is it working out for you what can
1: I do to help you next and yeah I think that's so important often in school I think you know we we kind of have accountability but then we kind of don't because I remember so many staff meetings where a new initiative was brought in but nobody checked that I was doing it from a um will help me kind of way sometimes it was six weeks later and you know I'd probably be on long-term supply or something so not really sure if I was really doing that or not and it's like right okay bring what the, this whole package of whatever and you're like uh what and that's the next thing you hear about it and so accountability is important but it also needs to feel like a partnership doesn't it
0: yeah it needs to be part of what you're already doing it needs to be manageable as well it's no good having a three-hour staff meeting to do wellbeing. that doesn't suit anybody's wellbeing quite often <laughs> it's um about doing sort of little things within you know Your PPA, you have this available for you. You can speak to Jenny if you want to. Or you've got at the weekend, you can just send her a message and she'll get back to you. And it's about
1: making it a support that people want and will use. Mm. You've mentioned teachers wanting it more than once. If you're a leader in a school and your teacher's... Don't know that they need it yet, or they're not in that place. How do they get there? How do they get to the place where they're open to explore something like hypnotherapy? Because, you know, I I, I can think of one teacher um, as an example, my mother. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes the word hypnotherapy is like, oh, I'm not doing any of that. Um, how do you kind of open the way for some more open mindedness? So, we look at it first as um, kind of a sort of stress
0: audit, kind of. That's too big a word. But I'll go, I'll talk to the CEOs or the head teachers and you know, put across how, what I want to help them with. I want to help teachers make sure that they are fit to teach, they are fit to live their own lives, that they stay in a school. That they are not on long term sick, and that we've got and haven't got a recruitment and retention crisis. That's it's all from all angles. I've forgotten your question now.
1: Oh, can I remember? Because I didn't write this one down. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, 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 if you, um, I'm talking about sometimes the 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 ground is not fertile um, in terms of the the, the teaching community in a school ready to hear something like, we're gonna do hypnotherapy.
0: Yes. So um I'll find a school environment that wants that anyway, so the leaders will want need to decide that it's a focus for them. And I found that it's about offering different things. So schools that are offering um hypnotherapy and schools that are offering mindfulness and schools that are offering yoga and schools that are offering bacon sandwiches on a Friday I mean that's a bit of a tokenistic thing but all, all of these things an understanding of people it's about people being able to find the bit they want so I'll go and do an introduction of what hypnotherapy is and go through three things that I think will help you tomorrow in your classroom try it and then from that people will either say do you know what I'm all right I've got my coping mechanisms Or they'll say, oh, that was good. You've got anything else? And just finding the people who want it. I'm not about selling anything to people that they don't want or need. I'm about showing them this is a way that I can help you if you want me to. And it feels comfortable for you. If you're happy doing yoga, which is amazing, and all running, or if you just are a really chilled person and nothing phases you, you don't need my help, fantastic there's plenty of people myself included I am not a chill person 18 years later I still can't hear the words lesson observation without feeling slightly nauseous Mm, mm.
1: and then you carried all out
0: (laughs) yes I know. <laughs> Click <Chocolate> forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well this is
1: it. Um and these roles we have to play a bit. Do you know what? I'm gonna challenge you there and say I think that it is good for everybody. It's just that not everybody's in the place where they understand that yet. And I feel like that's one of the biggest battles when it comes to well being and personal development, because like that is a really big part of my life now. And even when, when we're running or when we're doing yoga, we're actually doing a form of this kind of mindfulness, thinking things through, getting the brain into a different state. And so I kind of think everyone does need it. They might just not be ready to accept that yet. Um, but what you're saying is, I'll be here when you're ready to accept it, um, and not before, because it can be more damaging than anything if you're not ready to to kind of take that on, really, or or be open-minded to it. Um but it's not it's a difficult thing isn't it and I suppose maybe just because um I mean time has moved on a lot but you know as a society we're not we're not there yet with how much we understand about the mind and our productivity and our stress levels and all that kind of thing but um, we are moving towards that so if you're a teacher then you're listening to this podcast what three actionable steps can you give that they're going to try in the classroom tomorrow because it goes out on a Tuesday. So what are you going to try on Wednesday this week? So,
0: there are three things that I wanted to share today. The first one is about switching off because teachers, almost every teacher I talk to cannot switch off from being at work. You're at home, your mind's racing, it's really difficult to be present for your family and your friends. So, The first thing to do is um, a leaves on a stream technique where you imagine a stream and it can be whatever stream you like. It can have water on it, it can be a stream of light, it can be a stream of glitter and it's passing, it's just constantly moving. And whenever you have a thought, just give it to the stream. So you have your thought, you pop it on the stream and it might come back because thoughts do pop up. And just put it back. And whatever thought you're having, without judging why you're having that thought, where it's come from, what it means for you, just put it on the stream. It will come back. It definitely will. And keep doing that, putting it on there. Because you are not your thoughts. You are just the person having your thoughts. So just relieve yourself of it for a bit. Because they're not going to go away if they're important.
1: So taking
0: it, putting it, letting it keep moving and just keep doing it. It's like counting sheep. I love that because
1: on. even as you've been describing that and I haven't sort of put a thought on, even just imagining it, I feel calmer. Um, at the moment, I'm listening to a book called Soul for Happy. Um, and that's really good. And that talks very much about your thoughts and not you. And you are here. Um, And if you're listening and not watching, I'm pointing to... I suppose my chest, really. Um, but this is where you are, and you're not your thoughts, and that was really powerful for me. And 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 knowing that you can control your thoughts, and that they don't just happen to you. Yeah, and
0: you're not your feelings either. You have feelings, and they are in response to thoughts or events. It doesn't. It's not a judgment on you. So I think that's really important. So that's the first thing, is that kind of um, switching on. And then the second thing is, oh, it's amazing. I love this. This is my favourite thing. It's called called Tension Release Breathing. (laughs) It's very yogic. Um, And it's where you would just go through your whole body doing the same technique with different muscle groups because you think you hold tension in certain places. Like, I think I hold it in my shoulders. But actually, when I'm in bed, my residual tension is in my jaw My calf muscles, for some reason, I don't know why. Just that's how I've noticed it. But I've only noticed that since I started doing this. And when you notice something, it changes it anyway, just by the noticing. So tension release breathing would be to breathe in quickly through your nose, filling your lungs up, and then hold it for about five to eight seconds, and then just let it go. An important part of that letting it go is not that you're trying to relax, because then if you don't relax, you failed. What you're trying to do is you're just letting go. And whatever happens, you follow that feeling. So you breathe in through your nose. And then hold and 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 hold. And then just let it go. And don't push it. Just follow that feeling let your breathing return to normal and then you do it again but this time you're going to hold your shoulders and I'll guide you through that. vertical so you can breathe in quickly and feel your lungs up and then hold your shoulders in tight, up and in, imagine holding, holding the shoulders tight and tight and tight and tight and, tight, and then release the breath, long soft exhalation and release the shoulders. The shoulders drop away. We keep falling, falling. The strings have been cut on the puppet. Follow that feeling. Follow that breathing. Keep breathing down to me. And you do that twice with each body part, and each set of muscles. So the shoulders, the thighs, the calves, the, calves, the head. The face. Face is a really, really good one because you've got to let go of all your eyes and your scalp and the forehead. And that's a really, really nice one. It takes a really long time to do that properly. But again, that is quite mindful because it stops you being able to think of other things because you're concentrating on breath and the physical holding.
1: So that's a really good one. Yeah, I mean, if he, if doing things like that feels good anyway. We just don't give ourselves time, yeah. do we? I find <laughs> that I get to the end of
0: doing something like that with people and I think i oh, well, them. They're like, well, what's happened? They look miserable, but they're just so tired. They're like, oh, I didn't realise I am so tired. Yes, go home, go to bed. <laughs> yeah, or, or lightheaded as well. <laughs> yeah, because when you hold tension, Oh, my word, I've had enough breath. <laughs> <laughs> when you hold tension, you don't realise how much adrenaline you've got going around you and when you let it go that's when you go Whoa, and that's when you need to have those yeah. other coping mechanisms to support
1: you I think and I think it's a natural thing as well obviously I mean I've not been a teacher for a number of years now but I know that I still hold tension and, and like you said at night I sleep on my front and I know that the tension's here and right now like I, I know that I've got some tension issues so bad that I have pins and needles in my hands most of the time, um, but it's definitely in my shoulders. And you, know, you know how the weather's colder. I don't know why, but when I go outside, I walk yeah, like that. Yeah. I think it makes me think that I'm staying yeah. warmer. Um, but we, we have, we have tension we're aware of, but like you say, we also have tension that we're not aware of. So it's got to be good for the the muscles yeah. as well. And it just it helps you. Switch off and relax, and you can recall those feelings of
0: letting go, letting go. When you're in a stressful situation, so in the lesson observation I had yesterday, which I haven't had any feedback yet, I don't know how it went. Mm. Why am I that bothered? I don't know. But um, I just, you know, you just got to think. I'm breathing too fast. My shoulders are up high. Okay, it's just so relax, calm, peaceful. And just remember that feeling of breathing out and letting your shoulders go. It just helps ground you a little bit. With a, kind of like. mm, yeah. So that was my second one. And I have got a third one. Um, and this is called... It's called thought-stopping, I would call it. So it's where you've got um, a tricky situation, like a learning walk is happening. And it can be anything in your personal life too, but if a learning walk was happening... Have a think about why that is making you feel uncomfortable if it does. And it does for me. So I just think it through and write down my thoughts. So what I'm telling myself, you know, oh, gosh, I'm going to get found out. They'll know I'm rubbish and I'll make so many mistakes and the children won't learn anything. Everybody will know the feelings that you've got. So for me, it would be, you know, dread, guilt, sadness, worry like those down as well and then the behaviors that happen and they can just be the physical things like you know you get really cold or you breathe too shallowly or you talk too fast or
1: yeah those two yeah, are definitely major, mine
0: um <laughs> you, you know you drop things because you're clumsy all those things that go with the behaviors so thoughts and feelings of behaviors that happen to you in that situation that causes you discomfort and then how would you rather think how would you rather feel? And how would you rather behave? And then write yourself those down. And a little cheerleading statement, a little coping statement like, this is stressful, but I'm a strong woman, I can deal with this. And then play that scene through in your head. And imagine, and you used to do it a few times, imagine each time that you do it, that you're adding in some of those things that you want to happen. So instead of thinking, oh, she's going to think I'm terrible. I'd rather be thinking, oh, she'll be able to tell me things I haven't spotted in the back of my classroom. That'd be great. I'll catch up with her later about that. Back. So you're rewriting the script of the image that goes over and over and over in your head, and the actual playing it over in your head takes longer than the actual real life thing takes. So again, like for sports people, it's practicing the success in the situation, but you've got to know what is your negative and unhelpful thoughts before you can come up with some more helpful positive thoughts and it won't solve your problem of being observed or being in a lesson walk but it is more helpful than not doing it because it's not serving you to have negative self-talk and to be hypnotizing yourself into thinking that you are not good enough or that this is too much for you it does not help you so that's yeah something i would recommend
1: And I I suppose it depends um, if you're listening to this how much you know about woo kind of things. Um, But also, if you believe thoughts become things, then positive thoughts are going to get you positive things. Yeah.
0: So if you're um, envisaging in your mind that you are much more together and you move much more smoothly than you normally do, your body's kind of thought that, And it might help you by acting it out. You're telling your muscles. Actually, we move slower. We move more confidently, and they will. They will. Your brain's so powerful, Um, and you've just got to give yourself the chance that you would give a child. You would never talk to yourself the way talk to your child, the way you talk to yourself. We're really bad for that. Such hypocrites, teachers.
1: Oh yeah, and 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 that inner belief is just something to really work on. And and the mindset and everything, yeah. Oh, I love this You're conversation. <laughs> um. So, where can we find out more about you? So, I am quite elusive.
0: <laughs> I have a website. Um, it's www dot dot com, or I am on Facebook, and it's at recog dot hypno. But I like to work with schools, and I like to work one to one. So I'm not very socially savvy on the old media. Um, So I like to get out there and I like to have conversations and have relationships with people because that's
1: how we all help support each other. Super. Well, thank you so much for all of your insights. And I know this is going to be so helpful for so many teachers. Oh, I hope so. Thank
0: you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets provide of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust to find out more visit classroomsecrets.co.uk